Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Beer and Biceps podcast and today I'll be looking at why PTs hate cardio. Um, I'm going to be looking at uh, some of the common answers and some of the secret answers that most PTs don't tell you. Um, I'll also be looking at if cardio is actually necessary and I am drinking um, a Niper or Naper beer. Um, a New England IPA from the Lost and Found Brewery. So I'll be talking about that at the end. Okay, so there are a lot of reasons why PTs don't like cardio. Um, the most common answers, if you held down a PT and said, please tell me why we're not really doing any cardio in our sessions, um, is that structured cardio has a very high risk of injury, which might sound to something like quite surprising, but actually running as higher risk of injury than most contact sports, including football, rugby, boxing. Um, the reason for that is mostly from chronic injuries. So you, so you get two types of injury, really. You get acute and chronic. An acute injury would be you tripping over a pothole and breaking your ankle. You know, that that's not down to anything to do with your technique or anything like that. It's just, you know, a bit of bad luck. You can get an acute injury which is from technique. So if you do like um, a bench press with absolutely terrible form on your first rep and it's too and the weight's too heavy, you can get an acute injury that way. But um, these type of injuries are not chronic, and that's the other type, which is um, overuse injury. So if you've been doing something, even with good technique, but you've been doing it again and again and again over and over eventually it's just too much wear on the joints or something like that and something goes wrong and that's called a chronic injury um athletes will get both but um a lot of the time uh, chronic injuries are their downfall um due to training because they're not doing anything wrong but they're just doing too much um chronic injuries can come from bad technique and in most amateurs they will so if you run with a bad technique you're more likely to get a chronic injury if you run so that you're um knees run too close together or something like that you might be more likely to get a knee injury um as you can probably tell i'm not a physio so that was probably a very bad example but i just wanted to give you a rough idea if you constantly do something wrong eventually that will come to haunt you and you could end up with a chronic injury um with an acute injury you could do something wrong once and it would immediately affect you so that's the difference and running is you're more likely to get chronic injury from running, but you're also just as likely, um, not just as likely, you're also likely to get acute injuries. It's a horrible combination too. Um, there's, I can't remember the name of the study and it'd be very weird if I did because I haven't read it in about four years. But um, yeah, the study that shows that running has the most, the highest incidence of injuries. Um, one of the reasons is that a lot, um, is that running so accessible so, you know, um, most people who play, um, I don't know, uh, hockey, um, they don't just pick up a hockey stick. Yeah, I think it's a stick. They don't just pick up a hockey stick and go play with their mates. They, they normally go to, you know, a team or, you know, they go to classes or something like that. And, you know, they're, they're shown how to do things properly, whereas most runners tend to just open their front door leave and now they're running um so you know that is one of the reasons why um it is and it's also the thing is i'm talking about cardio in this but i'm mostly talking about running because it's the most commonly 
you know, people going for a jog is the most commonly used form of cardio. Um, other forms of cardio like swimming, cycling, um, you know, that sort of stuff. Um, that they've all got their own issues, but we're, I suppose we're mostly talking about running here. Um, anyway, um, so that's one of the reasons why PTs don't like encouraging people to go for runs because they think it's more likely to cause injury. Um, and the second reason which ties into that is um, there just aren't as many benefits to um, running or cycling or swimming as there are to resistance training. Um, uh, resistance training, you know, weights or um, resistance machines in the gym uh, will has so many benefits. P- uh, partly it is cardiovascular in, in itself, which is often overlooked. Secondly, it works the upper body and the lower body, um, whereas most forms of cardio just tend to work one. Well, swimming will work both your legs and your arms, but it tends to work your arms a lot more. Um, whereas with resistance training done properly, you should be working your muscles equally, you know, in your upper and your lower body. Um, so, yeah, um, you're not. You're also not going to get hypertrophy or increases in strength from doing a lot of cardio training. Um, you can get a little bit of hypertrophy, actually, especially if you've never trained before. Uh, I should mention hypertrophy is increased muscle size. I don't know if... Sometimes I say these words because I, I use them all the time and I realise that actually most people aren't as massive nerds as I am. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so more injury, less benefits. So whenever... PTs are pick, trying to create a program. They're trying to do something called um, uh, a risk-benefits ratio. So, you know, what are the benefits of this exercise and what are the risks? And is the risk outweighed by the benefits? So doing a bicep curl, the risk of injury is very low. The benefits are stronger biceps, bigger bicep muscles. You know, that is a very obviously beneficial exercise with very low risk. Um, throwing a dumbbell in the air and catching it over your head are there benefits to it yes there's plyometric benefits to it you get strength and all that sort of stuff but the risk is much much higher and therefore the you know because the weight would fall on your head injure you so it's not worth doing and we've got to keep up with this sort of risk and benefits whenever you're doing it with cardio the benefits still outweigh the risk but not as much as you'd want. Like there's more risk and there's less benefits than there is with weight training. And I know what you're thinking, weight training seems more scary and all that, but in terms of you know, statistics, you are much more likely to be injured running than you are doing any form of gym activity properly. And I do stress properly, if you're doing something, you know, lifting too much weight or using terrible technique, then that's not what we're talking about here. Um, and then another reason that PTs tell you that they hate cardio is that it is boring. It's boring for you and it's boring for them. And that's fairly true. Um, running is not an exciting activity. You are not going to be entertained by running. No. Unless you're particularly, you know, like, you know, if it's your hobby, then fair enough. But we're talking about most people. Most people do not enjoy running. That's why runners are looked on like they're crazy when they do a marathon but because it's just not popular. Um, there are many more exciting ways that a PT can spend an hour with you in the gym than watching you run on a treadmill. So those are the common reasons why PTs hate cardio. 
Um, now I'm going to give you the secret answers. So when I was a PT, if you'd asked me, why do you not tell me to do cardio or why do we never really do much cardio in our sessions together? Those were those, the above answers are the ones I'd give and they're all perfectly valid. And, um, you know, that, that would be quite easily the end of the conversation there. Um, these are other reasons that I wouldn't have bothered saying, um, but they're all just as true. They're not as important, but um, to a PT, they probably are. So the first reason why PTs don't like doing cardio in their sessions is it's actually very difficult to do cardio in a PT session. I used to have one client where I'd go for runs with them, but it essentially meant that I had to go for the run as well, which, yeah, I'm PT, so I'm supposed to be able to do that a lot easier. But, you know, I wasn't that fit when it came to running and you know it was difficult to do a session afterwards when you're sweaty and stinking and you know out of breath um, and you don't really want to either you couldn't do like you know some very fit pts could but most pts could not do three or four sessions a day where they have to run and if you're not running with your client then they are going to spend a lot of that session without you with by their side at all so what are you paying them for? Which, you know, you as the client should be worrying about that, but the PT would also be worrying about that. There's nothing, it's kind of, if you, if, if a client says to a PT, PT they really want to do cardio with them and the PT has to let them for whatever reason, I mean, I wouldn't have, I said, well, find another one. But, you know, every once in a while, you'd be in a situation where you kind of had to, and I, I was in that situation once, and you you either have to run with them or spend most of your session nowhere near them. Neither option is good. So that's another reason why PTs don't do it, but they don't tend to talk about that too much. Um, the other reason is that most forms of cardio, they either require zero coaching or way too specialised coaching. So... If you are want to get into running, either you need no coaching from me because you are naturally good at running, in which case, what am I there for other than a bit of motivation, or you require re loads and loads of specialist coaching to make sure that you learn how to run properly. And as a PT, I was not trained in running biomechanics. I knew a bit of it from uni, but you know, by the time I'd finished uni and by the time I was a PT, there was a few years in between and I wasn't going to remember it. And it's a specialised field. Um, I mean, obviously, the extreme would be cycling or swimming, where if you don't know how to do that, you know, a PT is not the person to help you. They probably, they possibly could with cycling, you know. I mean, you have to teach your kids one day, so, you know, why can't you teach an adult? But, you know, it's, again, these are quite specialised things and they're not in the remit of a personal trainer. They're not trained to do it. They're trained to teach you how to use a treadmill and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, so that's that's a big, a big reason why PTs aren't gonna do it with you. If they do do cardio, it's going to be in the form of resistance training, which is what PTs love, which is what I loved. Um, but I will be talking a bit more about that side of it in a second. Um, so the next bit is is cardio necessary for you? Um, and the answer is kind of a yes and no one. Um, it is definitely necessary. You need to be improving your cardiovascular fitness. 
um, but you don't need to be doing it with traditional cardio methods. Um, when you're doing your PT session, you're doing three sets of bench press followed by three sets of bent over rows and then some lat pull downs and then some shoulder press. That is actually a form of cardio. You are working your cardiovascular system. Um, it may not feel like it, but you know, if you were to do three sets of 10 bench press um, with minimal rest in between at the end of it, you would your heart rate would be much higher and that is working your cardiovascular system. Um, there are other things uh, you can do to um, do, uh, you know, such as circuit training, which is a bit of a combination of the two, um, which, you know, you can use add some weightlifting into that or some bodyweight exercises, give a shortened rest period of time, and that is also a form of cardio. So ca cardio is necessary, but you don't need to be doing running. You don't need to be doing cycling. Now, one thing I've noticed that PTs tend to do, and I hate this, because I hate... If you've probably noticed anything from these podcasts is that I hate having a one-size-fits-all approach to any answer. Like there's, there, aren't, there are very few black-and-white subjects in this. Um, so one thing that PTs do, which I hate, is talk about how awful cardio is. And I think it's such a stupid position to take because, yes, I think resistance training is the best, but I also think that cardio is fine. And if somebody's doing got a choice between doing nothing and doing cardio you should be doing absolutely everything every single thing you can to get them to do that cardio encourage them motivate them give them tips make sure they're doing it properly but instead most pts just say no cardio is terrible you're going to get injured it's boring it's not that useful and it's not true yes it's higher risk of injury but it's still quite low that risk of injury i mean well if you if you run for 10 years, you will probably get injured at one point. You know, eventually you could do it long enough that, you know, your risk will become 100% because that's just how life is. But if you don't do exercise, you're going to get injured anyway. So, you know, whatever you do, you're going to get injured in your life. And now that I'm past 30, I notice that with everything I do, me sitting down too much is going to lead to injury. So don't let that put you off. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't... I don't get why PTs do that. Well, I do. It's because they want to encourage people to lift weights and, oh, by the way, did you know I can help you with that, you know? But, yeah, it's... there. Are, the best form is resistance training in, in form of weight training and body weight training. Um, circuits which combine the two are great. Um, then you've got stuff like... Um, low-intensity uh, steady state, which is called LIS, and then you've got, um, everyone knows about high-intensity interval training, um, or HIT. Um, I'll just have a quick talk about those two. Um, yeah, so low-intensity steady state is basically you're running on a treadmill at a very low level, you know, low speed for two hours or something like that, you know. You're not increasing your speed, you're not decreasing your speed, you're just going at the exact same pace um, for a very long period of time and it's bodybuilders do a lot when they're trying to cut calories um, and that is the if, if well some PTs hate um, high intensity interval training just as much but when people when PTs talk about the stuff they hate the most it's probably this um, it, it is dull um, the calories burned per minute are the lowest it can be however um, 
it also tends to burn quite a lot of calories just because you're doing it for so long. So it's, it's not actually a bad form of cardio at all, but it is the most boring, it is the most time-consuming, and it doesn't have to be this way. Um, personally, um, with, all the, with the gyms all being closed, I bet that a lot of PTs have probably had second thoughts about continually having a go at this. Um, High-intensity interval training... Um, I've talked about this quite a lot in the past and I'll probably do a podcast on it at some point, but I think um, it's one of the most overrated forms of training. Um, when it's done properly, it's fantastic, um, but the problem is it's, it's misused by many PTs and it's misused by group classes. Um, basically, what real high-intensity interval training is a very shorter period of time, like 20 seconds or 30 seconds of absolute max effort. You know, we've got like the, um, the maximum, you know, heart rate you can get and the maximum amount of oxygen you can get in your body, um, traveling around your body at one time, uh, or the amount of, the highest amount of breathing rate you can get, um, for hot, for hit, you need to be hitting that level. It needs to be the most intense exercise you can do for that 20 second period of time or 30 seconds or whatever. Um, and you know, then you rest for 10 seconds and you're right back in it again. Uh, and when you're doing that, it does work, but the problem is you need to be so fit to reach that level and people are just thrown into here and, you know, welcome to my new group class. You're a new member today. We're doing hit now exercise as hard as you possibly can for 20 seconds. The person doing that is never going to be anywhere near the, intensity required to see the results of hit and they're going to get injured because they're not ready for it and you've not taught them the exercise properly because there's no time and they're not getting enough recovery to deal with the fact that they're brand new to exercise it's stupid 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 i know my voice is quite monotone but that was as close as you're going to get to me being angry on this podcast um but if you are very fit and if you know how to do all the exercises hit is fantastic and i do like it and uh I do think it's great, I just think that it's not for most people. So anyway, that's why PTs hate cardio, and why they say they do. Um, But that title's a bit of a, um, I don't want to say clickbait, because I gave my exact answers, but it's, it's, it's not a fair representation of PTs, because most of them don't hate cardio. In fact, some of them spend too much of their time on it, uh, but there's a certain groups of well-known PTs that definitely go along with the cardio is boring, cardio sucks, we hate cardio, blah, blah, blah. Um, and there are some legitimate answers to it, but for the most part, it's fine. If you want to do it, don't listen to PTs, just go and fucking do it. Um, if you want to get better results in the same time, then do listen to PTs, you know, uh, but also spend money. So <laughs> it's not all that's easy. Right, anyway, so I'm going to finish off with talking about the beer, because this is the Beer and Biceps podcast, and, you know, some of you are here probably for the beer. Um, Today I'm drinking a beer called Trio J Niper Plus Amplified, which is an absolutely terrible name for a beer, but, you know, what are you going to do? It's from the Lost and Found Brewery, which is a brewery that started off in a garage in Brighton, according to their website, Um, but now they operate in a brewery in Belgium. Uh, I think if you listen to two th- or three podcasts back, I talk about gypsy breweries, which is where small breweries rent out the equipment of larger breweries. Um, and I think that in Belgium, this they've got sort of like this massive 
brewery which is rented out to smaller gypsy breweries and I think they do that en masse which I think is a really good idea I also think that that brewery has some partnership with Beer 52 because this beer is from Beer 52 which is like a beer subscription service and a lot of their beers seem to come from the same area of Belgium you know could be a coincidence but anyway this beer is a Niper well it's N-E-I-P-A and it stands for New England IPA which is a style of uh, IPA I wrote an article about it and the difference between this and a West Coast IPA I can't remember what the difference is. <laughs> um, there's differences between an American IPA and an English IPA. English IPAs are basically just a slightly stronger version of a pint of bitter, whereas American IPAs are, well, you know, if you're listening to a beer podcast, you probably know what an IPA is, but uh, a Niper and a West Coast ones, they tend to be bigger flavours, uh, stronger alcohol. So this one is uh, 6% ABV, which is pretty damn strong for... For a craft beer for me I, I tend to like my beers to be around about five percent or lower to be fair in fact if i'm being really honest i my secret love is very low alcohol beers because i just love the taste of beer but i can't deal with hangovers i can't deal with getting absolutely pissed doing podcasts um but so anyway how do i find it it's great to be fair i'm not a massive fan of um really strong American IPAs, well, for the reason I just said, I don't like particularly strong beers that much, um, and also I tend to find that uh, flavourful IPAs tend to be, they've got that sort of hoppy bitterness that a lot of people like, but me personally, I just don't really like it that much, it's all, but the actual beer itself, this one is fine, um, yeah, and if you do like this type of beer, I think you'd absolutely love this, but... For someone who's not a massive fan of it, it's still very good. Alright, um, I don't remember what I'm going to be talking about next time, but I'm sure it'll be something incredibly nerdy and filled with beer. Have a good one, guys. Bye.